Yeah, no, I've never seen a Quibi show, but I have seen your Quibi videos. That's it. That's my intro. Welcome back to the Swell Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, but you can call me Swell. Here on the Swell Shenanigans podcast, we're still figuring things out. But what I do know is that I love talking about all things pop culture, social media, and shenanigans. And today we are talking about a $1.75 billion shenanigan that is the existence and the subsequent shutdown of Quibi streaming service. Jordan is my Hi, guest today. Jordan. Well, hold on. Let me let me give you let me give them an intro because I totally just like was gonna steamroll past like, you. Oh, she's here. It's okay. Yeah, this is my friend Jordan. Uh, she hey. is finally on TikTok. She's becoming a little garden influencer, so I will be linking your TikTok account. You have to deal oh, with that. That's fine. <laughs> she Cute. finally ended up on TikTok. But yeah, Jordan's my non-terminally online friend. She supports everything I do, but she understands about a third of it. But you know, that's what I need in a friendship. You know, I don't want it here. I'm a supportive parent. <laughs> Someone who barely understands what the algorithm is. That's what I need for my friendships. I'm a supportive parent who doesn't know what online is. And so when you show them your video game, they're like, oh, good job, sweetie. Are you winning, son? Like, it's Are like you that. winning? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, Jordan is coming on today to talk with me about Quibi because for those of you who aren't familiar with the Swell Entertainment lore, Quibi was actually my second close to viral video <laughs> because I was one of the first YouTubers. I think Quibi came out and then I was able to get my video out within three days of it launching because I got access early because I found out about Quibi and all of the training, uh, not the training, all of the advertisements before it came out. And so I signed up as soon as possible. I was able to watch one episode of the Hype House <laughs> show, which was not good, but I was able to watch one episode of the Hype House show and I got access a day early, which was the smartest thing I think I've ever done. So I was able to binge watch a bunch of the shows and then film my video and have the video, I think within two days of it actually going live publicly. And so because of that, I think I was the first YouTuber to make a video actually reviewing the show and the streaming platform. And so the video did very well uh, to the point that uh, every time there's an update with Quibi. <laughs> yeah, I uh, real quick. OK, so I feel like when Quibi happened, no one actually knew what the fuck was going on because I oh, remember. Yeah. We'll, we'll get yeah. there. We will no, get no, there. No, no, no. Because I remember in the beginning, like before you had done any of these videos, there was just like, it's a Quibi or whatever. The, and you would see these like advertisements. I had no idea what it was. And so I think it was perfect because no one knew what it was, but they also did a terrible idea of marketing. And so no one really wanted to know what it was. And so then when you got on it, people were like, wait, what is this? And so I think that really helped you out. <laughs> Basically, Quibi became so synonymous with my channel that whenever there was any type of update or any type of speculation coming out, people would be like, Amanda, did you hear about this? What's the deal? Uh, there's a running joke on my channel that I am the reason that Quibi uh, died, and that is not true. There were a zillion reasons of why Quibi died, but it is very fun. No, it is true. It's absolutely true. I'm feeding into that One lone right YouTuber in her 20s <laughs> with no pull in the industry is not the reason that Quibi is dead, okay? It's very no, fun to think, think of it like that. No, here is my theory. I am swell destroyer of brands. <laughs> I think Quibi shut down because of you because it was a massive money laundering scheme, and no one... Um, 
no one really like thought that it was going to be a thing. And then you were like, hey, what's this? Because they had to spend some money on advertising, you know, because they have to make it, it was look not legit. a money laundering no, it scheme. Was. Wait it a was. minute. Here it is. No, what? no, no, it was. Because then you started making videos on it and they're like, oh no, we can't have this. And then they had to shut down. You're insane. Yes, actually. Sorry, Hermes is trying to get at something. He, he's having sniffles today, everyone listening. So if you hear me getting up and down or leaving frame to go check on him, that is why. So Quibi is not a money laundering scheme. I love that you think that. But basically what she's talking about with the marketing, for those of you that don't know, let me explain what Quibi is. Let me explain what a Quibi is. So Quibi's <laughs> whole thing, their whole spiel was that it was the streaming service designed for millennials on the go. Jordan and I, I'm a cusper. You're definitely Gen Z, but I'm I'm a cusper who's Gen Z, but gets looped in with millennials because people get weird when they think about uh, Gen Z being 24. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I tell people I'm Gen Z and they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, <laughs> whatever. I am Gen Z, but uh, the millennials, their whole thing was with, with Quibi was that Katzen, it had some major players, Katzenberg, Meg Whitman, like huge players in the creation of Quibi. Okay. And their whole thing was like, this is the streaming service for millennials on the go. They wanted to make a streaming service that was for millennials who could watch bits and pieces of shows, like chapters of shows, Quibbies, if you will, while they were traveling. See, the entire concept of a Quibi to me is weird because we already have shows. So the whole thing with Quibi was that it was designed for millennials on the go. So for their commute, they could watch Quibi's chapters of stories, which were basically just episodic movies, which I know someone's going to say, that's what a limited series series is or whatever. No, I disagree. Okay. Episodic movies because they were literally designed to be like let 10 minutes or less is a Quibi, a quick bite. Okay. Um, which is not they're going to be the original name, which is kind of funny, but um, they, they was designed for millennials on the go. And then they did their marketing campaign and then they still decided that they were going to release it with that in mind of like, Oh, marketing this to millennials on the go two months into a global pandemic where everyone was home and not commuting to work. On the go. Let's go. Everyone's on the go. Let's fucking roll with it. People. Well, it was so dumb because they should have shifted it because people were starving for content and they could have shifted it and been like, Hey, people were starving. No, but like for con, no, but at the, remember at the start, everyone like inhaled tiger King inhaled you and I were doing Netflix nights where we were getting on zoom and stuff and watching Netflix and like binge watching stuff. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people were running out of content on like, people yeah. were like, Oh, I watched everything on Netflix, which was not possible, but everyone That's was claiming they watched all the good stuff. So what the Quibi should have done was geared their marketing to fit that and like, oh, mm -hmm. look at all these new shows. We have actors you love. We have new topics. We have the uh, most dangerous game, which is a uh, short story that all of us had to read at one point and another. I uh, they had they had that. a live action version. Yeah, they had a live action version of it, and it was like capitalism based and all this shit. Wait, capitalism or anti capitalism? Well, the whole thing is that he's dying of an unoperable brain tumor, and so that he rich people are is basically a Squid Game. Like it's. <laughs> I was gonna say like rich people get bored. And so they go pew pew to the kids they fucking the whole thing with their premise of the most dangerous game is that the longer he survives, the more money he earns for his family for when he dies. Okay. He's dying regardless. And that's what it's basically sold him. It's like, you're going to die regardless from this oh, inoperable brain tumor. I so why it. don't you just set your family up? So like, like the longer you live, the longer you can stay alive, you know? 
good for you. You know, you set your family that's, up. That's bullshit. I mean, I guess. I like the original premise of Most Dangerous Game where it's just like, okay, bye. Oh, an eccentric billionaire on an island yeah. being like, I hunt yeah. humans. Have yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it is kind of like, a, I like the spider web aspect of it. That is absolutely more realistic. It is no, it's not more realistic. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my gosh, no. The eccentric billionaire sending off some random person into the woods to be able to hunt them is much more plausible than someone being like, here, I will give you money for your family. No one does that. I mean, if they want a willing participant versus like going to the cops, they're doing it in an urban setting. It's not like they're, they're not doing it in the woods. It's in a city. Oh, it's not even, wait. So it wasn't even like the normal most dangerous game where isn't it like the normal one on an island or like in the middle of nowhere? Yes, like he, he falls off a uh, boat and swims to an island and the the man. Yeah, I like that aspect of it because okay. I like that it's a yeah. the spider's web it's in the aspect of, nowhere, of it. And there's no like escaping it. Like it's a very existential thing. Like the whole feeling of the book is like I shouldn't be here in the first place, but I am. And this is, you know, mm-hmm. that's the entire feeling of the book. At first he just thinks it's a game and then he realizes, oh, this man's gonna kill me. Yeah. Oh, it's like Squid Game where they're like, yeah, da, 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 and then they got you Anyway, let's get back on topic. <laughs> so the whole thing with Quibi though was that it was designed for millennials on the go and it's basically like everything everything is broken into episodes and some things came up week by week which was dumb again when you're in a global pandemic and people can watch 30 minutes of your three episodes in a heartbeat which is what i did i basically watched the first everything that was available for like five or six of the shows for my first video and there was some that i was interested in like they had sophie turner in one liam hemsworth in another that was the most dangerous game one they had this, um, God, I want to say it was called It Happened One Summer or something. Like there was this really great horror murder mystery one that I was actually really intrigued by. Okay. And the whole thing is, it's like I had the free trial. And this is another thing we're going to get into. But the free trial of this show was oh, that it was like it. a 90-day free trial. And a lot of people forgot to cancel it. But a lot of people didn't yes. forget to cancel it. So yes. they lost some obscene number, like 88% of their initial signups. I remember that. I remember like, when that happened. So again, millennials on the go. What Jordan mentioned was the marketing. The thing about the marketing is that they had all of these different promotions that really had nothing to do with what the streaming service was going to be. It would be something like Sophie Turner at a dress fitting and her being like, so they call trainers, sneakers, the boot, the trunk, and a quick and a 10 minutes of Quibi or something like that. And then the person working on her dress is like, yeah. I had no idea what any of it meant. Yeah. And none of it meant. And then they do like a few clip, a few clips of them, uh, of something from one of the shows. And so it was like, what is this? Because it just, the entire concept of Quibi doesn't make sense to me. It's just, the marketing was awful. The 90 day free trial, which I don't understand. Like there was no difference at the end of the 90 days like there was so much content on there but then it's not like they're releasing entire shows at once you know like they're releasing it week by week Uh, so every show that came on because what they did is they would drop some shows at the start and then they had other shows drop like a month later and what they were trying to do was trying to get a lot of the shows they advertised like one of the shows they advertised i think it was called the stranger it was like a girl picks does a ride share picks up a guy and the guy is like they're like talking flirting no big deal and then he's like you know what i did before you picked me up 
from the house that you picked me up from, I murdered everyone inside the house. And now I, I think I'm going to kill you. Like, it's like that, okay? And that's how it starts, okay? Which, like, again, some of these shows are interesting, but it's the formatting, yeah. and it's like, there's nothing There's nothing special about the formatting. Really, there isn't. Yeah. Um, the only yeah. other thing that I liked, kind of, some of the shows I think were formatted much better, is that when you were watching the show in, in landscape mode, you could also flip it into portrait mode and it would reformat it to fit the screen fully, which sure. That's great technology. That no one would give a shit about. I have never been like, wow, I want to watch a show like this. You know, like, are you kidding me? No. I understand it. Like if you're watching something in landscape and you switch it to portrait, I guess it's a little annoying. For a TikTok, sure. That's great. But for something like a show, I don't want to see less of what I'm looking at. And some of the formatting, I will say, some of the formatting, I do think it worked out really well in certain shows like The Stranger, I believe, it would show you different like things happening or like you could see different views of what was going on versus when you were in portrait mode, you could see things a little better. I mean, landscape mode, you think things fully. But most of the shows, it just made it tighter. Jordan's cat has entered yeah. the frame for audio listeners. This is Knox. Thing with Quibi is that it's so much of it is just corporate greed, the platform, because you have Absolutely. Katzenberg, a former Disney fame, you have Meg Whitman, And they've somehow managed – I want to know who gave them $1.7 billion. I want to know because you seem to think it's money laundering. It was $1.7 billion? I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. That's a whole new number to me. What? They they raised one point – it's Theranos-level bullshit numbers, okay? And I don't know what they showed them. I'm assuming it was just like – see, what what a lot of people are realizing now is that our generation, Jordan, we don't really have movie stars. We have – people who are popular but we really don't have movie stars you know like we don't have people who like it doesn't matter what they're in like we're gonna turn up to go see them we have certain genres of films like sure you can put out a a superhero movie it's gonna make money you know but like as far as the stars go in it we don't really have movie stars for our generation we're a lot more fluid with that yeah we do but it's like it's a lot less solid than older generations We see them as people more so than celebrities. Well, I would say that the reason we don't have it so much is because of social media. Like these people are so accessible to us. We don't need to go see everything they're in to get access to them. We have their lives right here. Yeah, we're not going to have a Tom Hanks of our generation. I think part of what Quibi tried to sell to investors was like, oh, look at all these people we already have signed on for. And look at all these shows. We can make shows with like all of these different people. This is what we want to do. And a lot of the shows were designed like you have to see it to believe it. Like uh, Chrissy Mm -hmm. Teigen having a court show and uh, Murder House Flip, which I do still think was a little fucked, um, where they would go into houses that horrendous crimes have happened in and try to make them and remodel the houses. (laughs) No. They did. They did. They did. No, that's there not. Was I a, mean, I don't know how to feel about that. See, on one hand, yes, there's a lot of families who have been stuck with properties where, say, a loved one passed away, or like, oh, hey, we don't have connection with this family member because of the atrocities they committed, but we're stuck yeah. with their house and we don't know what to do with it. Like, I yeah. do think there is some type of something there that could be, Just you burn know, it down. 
A lot of people do, yeah. A lot of people just yeah, kind of tear down the Yeah, I was going to say John lists that shit. But uh, these, these shows, the first episode would be like, look at this thing that happened. And uh, then let's remodel the where they found the bodies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's not okay. Yeah, it was it was rough. And then there was the one show that I really liked um, was this pasta show that actually came out a little later. And it was this guy going to various cities in Italy, okay, and learning how to make specialty pastas to these little towns in Italy. And then, like, learning how to make them and then, like, bringing them back and pop- trying to help popularize these styles and popularize, which I did like, and he did seem to really love it. The problem is, is that when you watch multiple episodes in a row and you hear him tell multiple people who have just spent their whole lives, most of which curating and, and making these very dear-to-them pastas, and you have him be like, I would, nothing would make me happier than to bring this into my restaurant and share it with the world. Like, it seems really insincere when it's put at the end of every 10 minutes, you know? And so like, not that it, not to say that it's not sincere, but with the formatting, that was one of the shows that did not benefit well from the formatting. Although some very aesthetic uh, views of pasta from that show, I will say, um, made me very hungry. But you can get that elsewhere. It doesn't have of course. to be in a Quibi. No, that's the thing. And the thing, so the, for those of you that are wondering, Quibi was shut down. So after Quibi lost something like, let me pull up some of the numbers because I pulled up a couple different articles for some of the numbers. Look at you doing your job and shit. So uh, this is from June 15th. Keep in mind, the site went public in April of 2020. So this is from June of 2020. A new Wall Street Journal article reports that the service is losing subscribers at an alarming weekly rate, with paid users being about 4 million lower than the original annual target of 7.4 million. See, again, that is so, so incredibly low for a streaming service, especially during a pandemic. Wait, what was that number? They were annually trying to target 7.4 million for an annual target for at least the first year. Yeah. Thank you, Knox, for participating. Um, and then they were their current users at the time. So again, about May, June. So about two months in. Sorry, I had to do quick mm. month math in my head. Quick, um, quick two month math. It was about four million lower at that time. Ooh. So it was only like three million people. So it was less than half of what they were going for, really. So this is from uh, this is again a quote from the Wall Street Journal. Last month, the company estimated it would need to reduce its content and marketing budgets by a combined. 300 million in its first year (gasps) it's worsening money content problems aside though buried within the journal's piece is an amusing tidbit so this is still my favorite thing so katzenberg originally wanted to call quibi something else can you guess what quibi was originally wanting what he originally wanted quibi to be named bitcoin (laughs) no (laughs) he originally wanted to call it he originally wanted to call it i'm gonna butcher this Omakase, a term used to describe high-quality sushi selected by the chef. Can you spell that? O-M-A-K-A-S-E. I'm dyslexic for those. Oh, Omaka. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. So he's- Whitman said no. (laughs) Like, they're the chef and they're curating high-quality content for the millennials of the world. (laughs) See, this is the thing. This is what always gets me about boomers- and the like trying to make content for younger generations because they think they know better 
and that they know what people want without actually just doing the very bare minimum thing of, I don't know, asking, hey, what what would you want from a streaming service? Personally, one day I really want to make the Swell streaming service where everything is only bad content because sometimes you just want to watch bad content. So everything is like movies with you just want to watch shitty movies. Yeah. Yeah, movies underrated under 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. They has to be under 30% on both critics oh. and audience side. Uh maybe yes. two stars max on IMDb. I want bad content meccas, okay? And I know I someone's going to be like, that. "Well, no one's going to sign off on having your thing." It's that's like, "Yeah, that's why you true. give them license." <laughs> I mean, I would, but that's why I don't have money. <laughs> I would sign off on anything you do. That's the problem. <laughs> so yes, uh, but Quibi within 10 months. <laughs> that is so 10 months bad. of being public. That it is didn't so even make bad. me hear that they were hemorrhaging money, Jordan. Hemorrhaging <gasps> money. I still want to know. I wish I would. I should have tried to get a job there. How did anyone think this was a good idea? Money and big name people. People, I think our generation doesn't care about big names, but I do think that other generations care. And those other generations are the ones holding the money for investing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess, but like, then you look at it and it's like, even when Quibi was a thing, like millennials didn't know jack shit about it. Yeah, again, that's my point. Millennials didn't care, neither did Gen Z. And now there's a couple of shows. They had Reno 911 on there, which a lot of people did like. They had like bait shows. Everything was bait. This whole thing was bait. Where have you been? That's what I'm saying. It's, I thought you got that. <laughs> I have issues coming to terms with the fact that not everything is for a good reason. Because people are dumb. And I don't like that. Okay. Well, what do you mean good reason? Because I mean, to some like, people, making money is a good reason. No, it's... No, no, no. I mean, I feel like there were so many people that all of these things had to go through. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And no one no, 100%. said... And no one said, this is a terrible idea. Oh, I'm sure someone did. And then they just fired them or they just hired a different firm. That's the, that's the again, point. Is- again, you have to understand, you have to understand the poll that <laughs> Whitman and Katzenberg had in this, in, in the entertainment industry. They were entertainment so meccas. Bad. Okay. And so to have them even just put their names on anything, people would throw money at them because again, so much of this industry is who you know, and they yeah. knew everyone yeah and so even though this is dead like they could really go that's why Chrissy Teigen got a court show oh my god did I ever tell you about uh Reese Witherspoon's fierce queens show no it was about no. there it was about it was an animal show about an uh, animal uh, show theme about uh animals in the wild that was specifically about like women female oh. species of animals in the wild like and it would be like sort of thing. Yes. So like there was one episode, the one I watched, which was about these lion cubs that were sister lion cubs, and she's oh. she's narrating it. Um, okay. Which my I'm fairly certain they they did that because they watched the Snoop Dogg narration <laughs> of the uh, mongoose, which I'm sorry is so funny. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> like like oh you can't God. you can't go from Snoop Dogg to Reese Witherspoon. You just can't. Yeah, you but can't. it's very funny. She's like, let's celebrate these fierce queens. It's so funny. Um, oh my god! But yeah, so basically, here's this. So it was announced um, previously, but December first marked the anniversary of Katzenberg's Quibi's 
last day. It's no longer operable. The app was, I, I think I still, do I even still have it? I think it got removed from my phone at some point, but I tried, nope, oh. it's still here. I still have the app. It's undownloaded. It's right it? there on the corner. Oh. No, it's, no, you can't download it anymore. The app is gone. Basically what ended up happening is that the app was just basically completely taken offline. They did a couple of different things trying to get more people on there. It just was not working out. The app no longer allows users to sign in, returning an error message if they try to or access any Quibi content. In October, Quibi announced that its board had decided to shut down the company less than seven months after its April 6th debut. The startup, led by Katzenberg and CEO Meg Whitman, had promised subscribers a daily dose of quick bite originals chopped into episodes of 10 minutes or less featuring recognizable Hollywood talent. Why did Quibi fail? Despite throwing millions at original series, spending up to $6 million per hour of produced content, got $6 million per hour. <gasps> no! Quibi simply wasn't compelling enough for consumers to open their wallets. See, I think the thing that people forget is that Netflix did not start with original content. Disney yeah, no. had a lot of originals planned, but that's not all they had. But it's Disney um, Hulu did also. not start with Hulu did not start with original content either. Yeah, they no. all had. They were all curation platforms first. They, they never. But if any of them yeah. had come out, yeah, if any of them had come out and said, "Hey, we're starting with new shows," they would not be successful as they were. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think Quibi failed. Is they were trying to make it like a do-it-yourself, and it's like you can't. Just like all they could, they could have thrown so much money if they just made a YouTube channel and then literally thrown some of this money at people for shows and stuff because they, but to try and make a streaming service is dumb. Yeah, I understand trying to throw new content at people, especially during a, you know, in the pandemic, but at the same time, it came out in April. Like they had this planned for so long. Like that was not any part of their plan is to have all this new content. And I think they were relying on these big names and all this money that they Mm -hmm. had behind it. It's just, that's, I don't know. And and it, it makes sense, I guess, in the context of a pandemic that you would have a bunch of new content that does sound appealing. But when it's just a bunch of these celebrities, you know, looking for a quick paycheck and they're throwing, would you say, like $6 million per hour behind this content? It's like you're that's such a big risk. Their whole thing was that they were trying to do they were going to be the mobile only streaming service. And they kept yeah. it like that. They wouldn't even allow airplay for the longest time until June. Which is bad. Yeah, because again, at the end of the day, I want to watch things on my TV. And then also their whole thing of you need to see it to believe it, I do think was a problem because a lot of streaming services, you cannot screenshot things from your mm-hmm. phone or you yeah. can't screen record on mobile. And that's done for a variety of reasons. I think it's dumb because I don't think people realize how much can be achieved marketing-wise by people talking about your show. And the problem with Quibi was that they were trying to be like, oh, yeah, you have to see it to believe it. It's like, yeah, but I mean, I would like to be able to show them this one insane screen cap, and I can't do that when all I get is a black screen. Yeah. And so that was a way that mobile only kind of damaged things for them. This is at the same time where TikTok was really taking off in 2020, and someone could argue, oh, did that beforehand? I disagree. I think TikTok took off more significantly in 2020, and that was all free. And the content I didn't have to wait for. I didn't have to watch chip ads while I was doing it. Oh, there were ads on Quibi? Yes. Wait, you... Oh, wait, I guess 
it was free, but there were ads. I didn't know that. Well, that was only free at first. And then there was a no, there was no free version after that, I think, right? Now I'm checking. God damn it. Okay, $4.99 with ads or $7.99 without ads. That's not worth it. Not at all. When I'm paying for only new content, unless I had only a backlog of other things that I could watch. And only on mobile too. At the time, yeah. It wasn't yeah. until June where, again, it was right before people were their free trials were running out so what they were trying to do with the chromecast was trying to get people to pay and they lost an insane amount of their they didn't have a lot of people did not transfer into paying subscribers and yeah. so it was insane it was like some obscene there's a different percentage somewhere i remember seeing that there was a 97 percent uh drop off rate from their free trial i saw that too yeah and yeah. a lot of people were like oh yeah no i just forgot because my app store has automatic subscription renewal turned on so i didn't even yeah. remember to cancel it so then they lost even more of their subscriber base so I'm, i'd be fascinated to know what they're ending like in the last three months what the ending numbers were before they were like, what or what the numbers were in October that the board was like, we're shutting down. If anyone has any knowledge or can maybe do math that we can't do <laughs> to maybe estimate. Even better, if anyone on the board wants to do an anonymous interview. <laughs> Amanda's really good at keeping people anonymous. <laughs> if Katzenberg wants to send me a cease and desist, um, that'd be even better. I, I, I'm still waiting for one. I have not gotten one, not even just from him, but from literally anyone. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't gotten in real legal trouble yet. I will be annoying as shit once I get one, though. Absolutely. Um, I will treat it. There will be a whole production as if I'm accepting an Oscar. Like, it'll be a whole thing. I'll put on a dress. I'll do a whole skit. It'll be a thing. I expect nothing less. I expect a FaceTime when you get your first cease and desist. I'll promise. I, I haven't been to my <laughs> P.O. box in a little bit. Maybe there is one there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so Quibi was shut down. And originally a lot of the speculation and a lot of the, the disappointment of what was lost was some of the content. And for myself, I do like the ability to go and watch things or just even just having the art, whether you think of it as art or not, I think that having the art be preserved, I think is important. So after Quibi shut down, Quibi did in fact private their Instagram, I mean Twitters, <gasps> and all their stuff, which I did think was funny. No! I, I did think like they, they just went full on dark. It was kind of no. funny. But they ended yeah. up selling their library to Roku. So you can, if you have a Roku account or a Roku TV, you can watch all the Quibi shows that are currently available. And I do think they just kind of put everything that out. That was their last ditch. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. I had no idea. There was a tweet. Let me find the tweet. Hold on, I'm pulling up the tweet. Because there was a tweet from Quibi that was super weird and super pick me girl-esque. It was very, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Quibi's just all dramatic. I guess Roku will have our content now. I guess you can go over there if you want. No, 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 no. It was different. It was not that. Oh, yes. I should point out that Quibi tried to blame everything on the global pandemic. I disagree. I think they had issues before the pandemic. It's not just the only reason that was a nail in the coffin. Oh, no. They tried to blame that? Yeah, they said, you need to understand how difficult it was to launch a streaming service during a global pandemic. None of us were prepared for that. Oh, my gosh. You are industry veterans. Like, obviously, no one is prepared, but still, if anything, more people are staying home, it should be a bigger incentive to figure your shit out, right? So, at Quibi is now uh, Roku, and it says, we've moved. 
please visit us at our new home on the Roku channel. And they deleted the tweet, it looks like. But I'm trying to find the image of the tweet because you know someone has it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's somewhere. Probably look on here. It was something like, we've been saved. Our library will now be at Quibi. It was something like that. Like, it was pick me and that. It was weird. Oh, so by the way, the Quibi shows are now called uh, Roku Originals. So if you would like to go and watch any of them, you can. I do think that... The very funny 50 States of Horror. I actually did a video about all of the horror content available on Quibi. And the 50 States of Horror has a very funny one called The Golden Arm. Oh, here's the Roku CEO talking about it. To be honest, we just got a good deal. We are looking for shows that work well with the AVOD business model set of the company's future content plans. Roku plans to continue investing in original content, but don't expect it to compete with Netflix or Disney. As the scale grows, it just makes sense for us to do some originals and to start making some of our own content. Fair. I do. See, that's the thing. To start making some of our own content. Yeah. That is the key phrasing that's there. That's a sick To start burn. with that is bad. Okay. Is, so yeah. like, oh gosh. So yeah, it's that. It's like you wouldn't start. Let me say this. You wouldn't make your own site without making content on OnlyFans first. Does that make sense? Does that track? <laughs> no, exactly. Yes. It's fine. I'm, I don't think we're going to find it. But it was just a very like, we've been saved. Like it was like that. It was very odd. Um, after previously being privatized and now. Okay. Can we can we please talk about when brands talk to one another? I don't like it. The only one I like is Duolingo on, tw- on TikTok. Because okay. Duolingo is going yeah. for the throats. It's very funny. And also Duolingo is gay. Duolingo, the owl is gay. You know. He also may be a serial killer, but that's fine. As <laughs> is his right. Just kidding. Don't be a serial killer. That's bad. Literally, he, uh, the, I, I'm sorry, he, the Duolingo owl uh, commented on a video uh, that Tyga put out and just said, so when are we going to talk about Kylie? <laughs> what? See, okay, this type- <laughs> I understand, but like, why, why is Duolingo getting involved in that? Because who cares? <laughs> they okay. can really do anything they want. The Duolingo owl is very funny because they've become so popular on TikTok, the Duolingo account, that other brands are now trying to mimic what the owl is doing. Um, it's, yeah. it's that same thing. Whoever can be popular. But once yeah. Denny's gets a hold of things, that's when you know things are dead. That was like the the Tumblr philosophy is once the Denny's account commented on a trend, it was done. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I think it was the Wall Street Journal that made a joke about the yassification trend. Uh, yas, like the yassification trend on Twitter. Um, and so everyone's like, okay, no, it's dead. It's done. It's done. Once brands get a hold of certain trends, like I do think yeah. there was a way to get involved without without corporatizing it does that make sense yeah no without corporatizing it because i mean at a certain point it's like no this was something that the that just the civilians were doing and now this corporate conglomerate that doesn't pay their employees you know a livable wage or give them health insurance is now benefiting from it it's like fuck you oh i hope the owl makes living wage i hope the owl makes a living wage no their team's actually really great they've actually been very publicized about how they're some of their diversity initiatives and things like that with their coding teams and things like that so i do think duolingo as far as a um i don't know if they have a union but it does seem like they very much prioritize the the uh work dynamics and uh environments for their employees we love that that is said with a grain of salt again because yeah. I have not done my research on the Duolingo account. 
um, and I need to get back into learning Spanish. It's still a corporation. <laughs> yes, it is still a corporation. And uh, but I mean, as I think, whatever, whatever, we need some of them. You know, sometimes they do have to exist. Well, in in our world, they exist, whether we like it or not. Um, the best we can do is hope that they treat their employees fairly and pay them a living wage, if not better. If not, we abandon them, and then yeah, yeah, we we cut them off the knees and we let them squabble and die like Quibi, because there was a lot I- of speculation. Something we didn't even talk about with Quibi is that there was a lot of talk about how so they were basically despite how much money they spent on these shows um there was a lot of talk at the start about how Quibi's whole business model was was literally a way to get around union jobs and the union yeah. regulations were paying their people so they would give all these monies to people like let's say Reese Witherspoon and then lay off a bunch of people or not pay the artists and the crew that were working on these shows and so that's something that I don't think can be ignored when we talk about the Quibi. It's like, I I do think that goodwill goes a long way, but also you can't act like goodwill is going to pay the bills. And so that's something that needs to be determined. It's not like it pays the bills, but at the same time, you have to understand that people won't want to work for you or support you as, you know, an entity if you're bad. There's a fine line. You have to support the people that make you possible. Yeah, I agree. But also it's like, I don't know. Madonna had this, uh, I think it was a Madonna. I want to say it was Madonna and that pissed me off because it's like, it's your fucking Madonna. Pay your people. Let me pull it up. So I can't seem to find it. It may not have been her, but basically I, I apologize if it was not Madonna that did this. But basically there was an artist that came out with a new album or a new video or something like that. And then their comment section for it on uh, Instagram was talking about people who had worked tirelessly for hours for no pay just for the artwork and to help bring this vision to life. And this was not an indie artist. This was an established artist. And there was no reason that they could not have paid for these people. Shouldn't have been paid. Yeah. Yes. They talked about how, I think, I think they mentioned that the studio had given them no budget for this project or something like that. And it's like, Okay. okay, then at that point, you you take money out of your own pocket and then you go and do it. Exactly. You're, yeah. There's ways to go and do that when you're an established artist. That's the thing that I'm kind of noticing in this career as a content creator now. I think because a lot of creators are like, oh, pay me for my time. Pay me for working with this brand. But then they turn around and they're like, hey, I'm in LA. Does anyone want to do my makeup and photo shoots? And then they don't pay them for that time yeah. and things like that. And it's like, it's one thing if someone reaches out to you and is like, hey, I'm working on my portfolio. I would love to. I would love to like shoot photos of you. That's one thing. That's someone reaching out to you. That's helping someone else. If you get photos out of it for your account, that's one thing. It's another thing to be like, who last minute can do my makeup, and then not paying them or not, you know, paying a stylist or not paying your people for your music videos and shit. So that's my thing. I think you should pay your crew, pay the talent that you're working with. Whether you are a creator or an established artist. No matter what, pay artists. Exposure. What is that one song the, the lovely British woman does? Exposure doesn't pay the bills. Okay. I don't know, Jordan. That's a the song. The lovely British woman does. The lovely British woman. She made a song. She's a she's a small businesswoman. And she said exposure doesn't pay the bills. And she's fucking right. Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I I'm hate saying. those audios so much. Jordan is talking about the TikTok audios of the shitty resin arts 
uh, accounts on TikTok. Yes, half of the resin art accounts on TikTok are I have not worth no $700. no idea what you're talking. What? 700 Oh, God, no. I could promote a good resin account that is not $700. Let me guess. It's this song. It costs that much because it takes me takes fucking me- hours. Yeah, yeah, those are from the shit. <laughs> so- except she actually makes really good art. That's one thing. That's great. If you like their art, yeah. that's great. But the patronizing of a lot of those audios is a little bullshit and a lot of them are resin arts a lot of them are i also have made a video about this about how no one owes you shit (laughs) and so if people like your stuff and you have marketing that's great but i i don't know i just think you get more with honey than with uh vinegar and guilt is never a great way to market anything because it doesn't last it's fleeting and you're not going to build a relationship with your client i just there's a difference between having obviously like the big these big name like artists and celebrities and stuff like I don't know if it was Madonna or whatever doing these things and then just like oh well you're working with me like you know whatever like oh like you're working with me your name gets exposure versus a small business like giving away free items versus like oh just advertising your friend's business like those are all different things I feel like no I agree and I'm not denying that I just think that a lot of specifically the TikTok audios which is the song you're talking about Mm -hmm. that is a TikTok audio that was designed for TikTok and all of that um it costs that much because it takes me fucking hours it costs that much because I don't have superpowers you need to pay for my skills because exposure doesn't pay the bills it costs that much because it takes me fucking hours that's one thing you don't have to justify your price and I do there is another one that someone did and it's like that's fine if you can go and get this cheaper somewhere else go right ahead I'm fine with my price I'm not going to haggle with you for the price of my goods because they're priced because of this that's one thing it's another thing to then do like a really weird condescending video audio and uh, it's another thing to be like it costs this much because of x y and z and I want to take a vacation and I want to do x y and z and it's like I I'm not I'm paying for a product I'm not paying that's not how that works yeah, no. For your life outside of that, you know? And it's like, I don't know. Exactly, it's hard to explain. Yeah. But no, w- let's wrap this up. But there was this one instance that I heard about on Twitter of, so you know the strawberry dress? Yes. The strawberry dress? I have seen okay. the strawberry so dress. So the strawberry dress was very popular in 2020. It still is. Um, The one, let me pull up the strawberry dress because I want to credit the actual Larika Matoshi, I believe is her proper name. Uh, The strawberry midi dress is originally $490, but Larika and Matoshi, they make their process and their uh, work practices very public and it's about, mm-hmm. you know, not just how they pay their employees, but also the uh, space in which their employees work and things like that. And so that's why their garments are priced the way that they are. There's this coffee company that I buy coffee from that they break it down. They break down exactly how much they're paying these farmers to produce this and how much it costs them to produce it. And it breaks it down like mm-hmm. the transportation every step of the way. And so I, I love yeah. when brands do that. But there was a TikToker who was like, oh, I don't think that's worth $490. And I'm just, I believe that it was the strawberry dress. It could have been a different item. But they started being like, oh, I can do this for $100 and started selling those versions. The thing – well, the thing is, is that they started doing it. Well, okay. They started – well, hang on. They started promoting it, okay? And then they started saying, hey, I have to close orders because I can't make this much. And oh, wait – Actually, the materials are costing more than I thought, and my time is taking too much time to do this. Actually, I don't think I can sell any more of these. And it was just basically showing that, yeah, the dress 
is because it basically proved that's why it's priced like that. Yeah. And it basically yeah. just proved like, yeah, sure, you can make things at cost, but also it's like that's not taking into account the amount of time that goes into certain things. And you know it's like when you try to beat capitalism, but capitalism beats you. <laughs> um so yeah, but as far as Quibi goes, like I said, they're now under Roku Originals. If you are interested in any of the shows, um they also released a couple other shows that they had had in their vault for future times that has now been released over on uh, Roku. I believe it was 25 extra shows that they released. They had 25 whole extra shows to release. They I think so. made that much content. Where did you think the 1.7 billion went? Oh my God. Where do you think I just, 1.7 I, million went? That, okay, so I understand that number, but it's just every time you start to actually think about that number, like it starts to make more sense. And then you're well, like, Well, let's Whoa. talk. Okay, so- the thing is, too, is so much of the money went into, I'm assuming, let's operate under the assumption that someone got paid, okay, other than just the <laughs> talent. So let's say, let's sure. operate under the assumption that let's say the locations of where these things were filmed. Let's say that alone, that got paid. That's not counting all of the employees that worked on these sets. That's not including the lawyers. That's not including the writers. That's not including the lighting and sound guys. That's not including the craft services. That's not including the the medics and the like that were on set. The donuts, the freaking coffee. Yeah, craft services. The, the, the people who were there to clean things up afterwards to make sure things were sanitary. And again, this is pre-COVID, so I'm not talking about yeah. COVID staff and things like that. Like there were so many people working on these shows. So when you look at it that way and you hope that at least someone got paid, then the assumption is that, okay, that's where that money went. You know, it's not hard to see. When you break it down, like, it's like you said, when you break it down into the different elements of the business, it's not hard to see where the money goes. Yeah, but again, no, I, so much of this money just went into the pockets of the people, I, of the actors exactly. before when yeah. this was, which I mean, I guess makes sense because so much, I think this probably would have been classified as new media under the, uh, for the sag after element of it all. And so, uh, which is the union for actors, which a lot of Hollywood actors are involved in. Uh, most working actors that you know of right now, they're involved in the union. They kind of have to be in order to work currently, especially on the big names that they are doing because they're union shows and union jobs. I'm assuming that they at least tried to make them union jobs because of the talent they were getting involved. You would hope, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, the residuals alone were not there for a lot of these shows and the potential payouts. So these large payouts were to just get these people on these shows. And so that's where that kind of makes sense. It's a dumb decision. It was just to get everything going. They were really hoping it would take off, yeah. Yeah, it's not a. It's not the best business practice. Like, oh, okay, we know you're not going to make money in this in the long run, so we're going to give you this money now up front and hope that everything takes off. Dumb business practice. But I'm sure to them it made sense. They have the money, yeah. Well, they thought they did. I mean, $1.7 yeah. <laughs> does go kind of a long way, except for when you're an idiot. Anyway, that's going to be it for this episode. Jordan... Tell them your uh, tell them your TikTok. Uh, what is my TikTok? Isn't it Shush Jordan? It is Shush Jordan. S H U S H Jordan J O R D A N. And I I made a couple TikToks. I don't really know what I'm doing, but you'll see my cat on. No one there. does. I know. <laughs> yes, you can see your cat. You can see her garden. Um, you can see things like that on Jordan's TikTok. If there's anything you want um, me to put on TikTok, like I can bug Amanda. I could show me bugging Amanda. <gasps> I should have made a TikTok the other night of me showing up at your house and your dog being like, why? 
why are you Oh, yeah, insisting? everyone's upset that I didn't – my dad is so upset I didn't film it. Hermes was very upset oh, yeah. that Jordan came by and did, in fact – oh, I didn't forget to remind you about a shenanigan. You have a shenanigan you have to tell us. Good luck. Oh, um, Jordan, shoot. what's a shenanigan? shenanigan? I guess the shenanigan is you making a TikTok because you told me for a year and a half you weren't going to make a TikTok. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's another shenanigan. I finally got on TikTok. My friend sent me a really cute gay TikTok, and so I had to download TikTok. Um, that's a shenanigan, but then also I think – being at Malibu and calling Amanda being like, hey, I'm picking up pizza and coming over to your house. And then your dog being mad at my existence. And then me just being like, okay, bye. That was a good shenanigan. Yeah, basically that. Uh, she drank one of my dog peppers. <laughs> and then the next yeah. day I got to eat the rest of that mac and cheese that she brought. It was delicious. Oh, that mac and cheese is so good. I ate the rest of it because she made the mistake of leaving it here. <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah, that's going to be it. Uh, but yeah, keep in mind, we have the Swell Shenanigans podcast at Gmail. If you would like to send us your own shenanigans or you have any topics or guest recommendations or anyone that you think has a shenanigan they would like to come and share, please let me know. You can send that in. We also have the Swell Shenanigans pod on Instagram. I'm trying to get better at being on Instagram. I just posted about our Spotify wrapped uh, for the podcast. Uh, we Yay. were listened to in, I believe, 45 countries for across 14 episodes, which is pretty cool um, so for a new podcast. I love it. And that's going to be it. If you would like more content from me, Swell, you can go and check out my man channel, Swell Entertainment, new episodes every Tuesday. And then also, if you would like to just watch the video versions of this podcast, if you're only an audio listener, you can go and check us out on the Swell Shenanigans YouTube channel and you can watch my lovely face and the guest's lovely face like Jordan's. I and you can watch her take a dab off screen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that is going to be it. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching. Goodbye. Bye-bye.